hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only podcast that if we went to a restaurant that had a sign that said, no shoes, no funkin', no problem, we would be fine because we don't funk, we only monk. I'm your host, Jake Christie, joined as always by Andre Rivera. Andre, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm good. I got my M16 with me. Oh my god, that's a problem. You know what, I'm not even gonna d- dignify that with the response about what we were talking about before the pod. Um, okay, fine. So, uh, you know, we're not here to talk about what we're talking about before the pod. We're here to talk about Mr. Monk can't see a thing. Um, I thought about doing this episode with my eyes closed the whole time, but that felt like it would just be rude and, like, just not. And I wouldn't be able to read my notes, and so it would probably just be a bad episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could not do that, as this is my first watch of this uh, episode, so mm-hmm. couldn't in good conscience yeah, it would, it would pull have, that the off. Yeah, and since this is an audio medium, you wouldn't have been able to see me with my eyes closed, so the episode would just be like, this is just where they don't remember what happened in the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that right. Speaking of the episode, what do you think of it? Um, it was alright. It was okay. That's about it. It's an okay episode. Um, so we start off in a fire station. You know, uh, this this old guy Rusty. He's a volunteer. He made him some sandwiches, and they got camaraderie. You know, they're teasing Rusty. You, you get you get a little local color. You know, correct. Um, and you know, I gotta say, those sandwiches looked a little light. Yes, say. they look they look mostly like bread. Um, Not know. even toasted. No, which is weird because he says get them while they're warm. Um, which maybe the Philly. Well, we still don't know what was inside them. Yeah, and that's that's a question I think we need answered, honestly. Um, so I, I'm going to email Andy about that. Uh, okay. And Monk shows up, and like so many places Monk shows up, they're not happy to see him. Right. Um, he's carrying, he's lugging around a gigantic like uh, box full of uh, what looks like uh, smoke detectors. Yes, because apparently once a year he goes down to the fire station... To test his smoke alarms. You know what? Like, I'm not going to fault him for that. That's, uh, as, uh, you know, his wife died in, like, a car bomb kind of fire yes, later. Yes, but what know? they point out, which is, well, there's two things. One, he has way too many smoke alarms. He has 30. And two. For a five-room for a five room house. Yes. But also, you can test them at home, as they point out to him. Yeah, but you're not going to have uh, Rusty's company blowing cigar smoke in your face. That is true. Although I, you know, I don't know if Monk appreciates Rusty's company. Oh, excuse me. I usually am able to talk through my yawns, but that was a big one. Anyway, well, I'll tell you what—he's gonna miss him. Oh yeah, because a guy comes in. He's kind of—he's he—he's sauntering. He's trying not to be noticed, and he walks over behind one of the fire trucks. And Rusty's like, "Hey, you're not being here." And he confronts him. And Rusty, what does he get to the what? What, what does he get to the dome? Uh, yeah, he just gets fucking shoveled. He gets, uh, yeah, very bad. Um, I think this is the second time someone's been killed with a shovel. I mean, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. It's a pretty good murder weapon, you know, because it has a light light handle, so you can swing it fast, but it has a heavy, you know, uh, metal part, so it hurts. You know, it's it's a good, if you're going to kill someone with a blood object, a shovel's not a bad way to go, you know. And at least they're pretty realistic, where, like, it's just, like, a one smack and he's dead, as opposed to, like, you know, someone could get hit with something super heavy and they're just knocked out for a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, anyway, Monk then runs over, and <clears throat> the guy tries to swing and shove up Monk, but Monk, he's too agile. He's too, he's quick. But things still don't end well with for Monk, because the guy grabs a something, not really clear what at the time, and he throws right. it right into his eye holes, his ojos. 
Um, yeah, it looks like uh, some sort of corrosive acid or some shit. Because mm-hmm. it starts smoking on like his jacket and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an expert, but I feel like if something gets thrown on you and it starts smoking while on your person, that's a bad sign. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, but, I mean, we know that Mr. Monk's not going to see a thing mm-hmm. after this. But what we see is Natalie rush in, see that Rusty's dead, and she calls the captain. And as you just said, the title of the episode. Yeah, he looks, I mean, the good makeup effects on him, he looks fucked up. Yeah, because Mr. Monk can't see a thing. We cut to an exam. He's getting tested. He's getting like an eye exam. And we learned it was a combination of detergent and muriatic acid. Um... Whatever muriatic I mean, acid is, I don't know what it is, but any kind of what acids let in me, there, let it's me, not let, good. I mean, yes, although there are definitely acids that are not as bad, you know. Like, I imagine mean, you probably get citric, uh, uh, not a ton of, but like some citric acid in your eye, you'd be fine. I mean, I've gotten like lemon in my eye before. How about chocolate oh, rain? muriatic acid is just another name for hydrochloric acid. Why the hell would they not just call it hydrochloric acid? I feel like that's the more common name for it. And Maybe it's also in 2006. No, but it's weird the... too because usually when like someone is an alternative name, it's like the less scientific name. But hydrochloric acid is the scientific name. Uricatic acid, whatever. Stupid. Um, and it's a doctor who says it too. Jesus, medicine these yeah. days. Um, yeah. And she says that the nerve endings are like broken, and sometimes they Both grow of his back. Both corneas are scarred. Yes, and sometimes they grow back. Sometimes they don't. Now, judging by the fact that there are, you know. Uh, Four and a half seasons left of Monk. Do you think the nerve will grow back? I mean, that would have been... I'm telling you, I kind of... Every time like something like this happens, I kind of wish that it would just actually be true. So that it would just be the crazy left turn. But that show already exists. It's called Mr. Magoo. We'll get to it. Oh, right. True. And then Randy. I think he's not in it a ton, but great Randy episode, in my opinion. Because he does the thing, which is a common thing that is actually a real phenomenon, where people will talk to blind people like they're deaf or like, like they're hard right. of hearing. Like, mm-hmm. this is Randy speaking. I am in front yeah. of you. Um, yeah, he makes the situation worse, though. Yeah, which Stott didn't think that could actually be possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Monk basically like, I, he has no hope uh, that things are going to get better. Of course, I mean, why would he, you know, expect things to get better? He's Monk. Things don't get better for him. Yeah, um, and... So, like, yeah, he's, he's starting to pity himself, and, like, that's a, a side of him we've always seen. But mm-hmm. uh, but we move right in, I think, after this into, like, some sort of empathy exercise. Is exactly, that yes. Uh, some person from, like, a advocacy group for the blind or whatever is giving Stavon and an empathy exercise where they wear blindfolds. And they have to find the water cooler and pour themselves a cup of water. And surprise, surprise... Uh, Randy is not very good at it. Yeah, he um, he asked like a fellow cop to point him in the right direction, which of course he can't mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like you know, it just it calls to mind like how much we you know take advantage of the things. Like I couldn't tell you how many steps it is from like my bed to the kitchen. Like no, neither could I. These things that you can you can imagine in your head, but you just have no idea how that translates to real yeah. life. And there de- there definitely were times where growing up. I would try to go from one room to, like, my bedroom with my eyes closed. And I definitely was not always successful. 
Um, yeah, or like when I was in high school and, uh, you know, you'd sneak out or go out and come home like super late. You didn't want to turn on the lights mm-hmm. and you walk those stairs every day for like the last however many years and you're still going to trip and exactly. tip everybody off. Exactly. And, you know, I, obviously when you say you, you're talking to the listener because we both know I didn't do that. Um, right. I actually, sure. honestly, I actually only snuck out like during the summer after high school. Me and my brothers would occasionally go to Taco Bell late at night. And uh, one time, just I just wanted to live moss. And I can tell this story because this is this is the one time I actually got in really big trouble. Like legitimately, like my parents were legit furious at me. Me and my other brother went, and at the time, our car, my brother's car, was parked in the neighbor's driveway because he wasn't at home. Um, and my brother, he was home from college for the summer, and so it was an extra car. And we just figured, hey, the neighbor lets us park the car there. Why not? But. For some reason, I forget what it was. Something was on the driveway behind Kevin's car, so we couldn't get out. And because like, oh, there was, but there was like an open lot next to it, next to his house. So we was like, oh, let's just back out around there. Um, and we kind of like bumped a little bit. It's like, oh, whatever. We went to get Taco Bell, and when we came back, we realized that we had driven over his like water main, and it was like spewing water all over the place. And oh, uh, we had to wake up our parents and be like, hey. And my dad was livid, and he, you know, oh, oh you know, you want me to wake him up? Because we tried to fix it with, like, a wrench we got in the garage, and we made it, like, six times worse. Um, so that was bad. And so that's yeah, I've done a ton of bad, I've done a ton of bad shit, but I don't think I've ever done anything that, like, destroyed people's, like, yeah, things. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, less than okay. ideal. And it's so, and you would think that I would stop living mass, man, but I live mass all the time, man. That's, that's thing, right. That's the thing, you know, the world, the universe tried to tell me to live, uh, fuck, what's, less. Uh, no, tried to tell me to live Manos. But, uh, correct. You uh, heard right. Yeah, didn't take a language in college, but man, shouts to uh, my British and Jamaican Spanish teachers in middle school and high school, respectively. Anyway, um, so they basically point, she points out to the, the instructor points out to Disher and Stalmeyer that a tip to use to uh, know when you're filling up a cup of water, if you have enough water, is to put your finger in it so you can feel when the water hits it, so then you stop pouring. Now, that is absolutely something I would have done before after watching this episode because my family had a water cooler growing up because uh-huh. it's cool. I mean, I'm just a huge fan of that. Uh, and, you know, I don't like to look what I'm doing. I'm the most nonchalant person I've ever met. So if I was having a conversation, just put my finger in there, feel it, oh, pull it out, I'm good. I mean, I, I've never done that, um, and I don't think I will. So. I mean, I've, I only know to do it because of this episode, man. Monk was teaching me things. Um, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so the thing that Samar points out basically is that Monk was really fragile to begin with. This is going to crush him. And I think Samar's yeah. right. If you had to pick the worst person in the world to go blind, it would probably be... Uh, I mean, first you'd probably pick, like, a film director who's, like, an asshole. Like, you know. like I think Probably pick a pilot. Oh, a pilot. I guess I'm talking about in the moment, though. Like, not in the moment. Like, not when he's in the sky. Because I think, like, a pilot temperamentally is someone who probably could... I don't know. I'm just thinking of who would handle the worst emotionally. Um... An astronaut. No, because not even an astronaut. Because I feel like an astronaut, there's things that they're proud of beyond just their sight and that they can function. Yeah, uh, but they want to be able to see all this cool shit out I, there. I'm sure, I know they do, but an astronaut is meant, most astronauts are more mentally stable than Adrian Monk. <laughs> anyway. Fair. Um, not, the, not, not, not the one in, from Mr. Monk and the, and the astronaut. No, he was pretty mentally stable. I thought you were going to say, what's her face? The one who drove across the nation with a, in a diaper. Um, remember? Ooh, I saw that movie. Yeah. You did? Why did you waste your time? I heard that movie's terrible. It's not that bad. Oh, okay. Anyway, 
so Monk, in a very sad scene, Monk is putting up photos of Trudy, and he's basically asking, like, is this the one with, which one is this, which one is this? And I think that this episode does do a decent job. I don't think it goes far enough, but with how sad his situation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, he laments the fact that he'll never see his face again, although I sincerely doubt that. I'm sure it's, like, burned into his retinas at this point. No yeah, that's intended. true, but you know what he means. Like, it's different, you know? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. No, yeah. I understand. Yeah. And he's like, you know, his life's over. Natalie, get another job. And she says that she's not going anywhere. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. If it was Sharona, she'd probably be like, you know, Monk, I'm supporting you, but I got to take care of Benji. I, I got to get another job. You're not paying your bills. You know what I mean? And so thank, thank you, thankfully for Natalie. Uh, that might be an unfair shot, but I, feel, I stand by it. We're never getting freaking Biddy Scram on this one, are we? No, probably not. Um, but that, that has less to do with the offhand comments I'll say about Sharona than it probably does just the circumstances of you yeah, know, yeah. the show. Uh, but yes. no. So that's why I don't, that's why I'm okay taking shots. And also, it's not a shot on her. It's a shot yeah. on the character. The character, yes. And also, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it is, like, let's be honest. She definitely would not have been nearly as supportive about staying with him. No, of course not. Adrian. And Natalie's trying to cheer him up and naming amazing blind people. Ray Charles. And then the fact that she doesn't immediately say Stevie Wonder is dumb. Because how do you think uh, of Ray Charles not Stevie Wonder immediately? I immediately said that right after that, so yeah. Now, I, the thing is, she is right, though. There are not... You would, I think because we think about there being a lot of people who persevered through things, but there are not as many blind people as you think. Um, it's really just Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder. And then I guess Braille. The guy invented Braille, but I actually forget if he was blind or not. I think he was. Um, oh, man. That's true. Helen Keller? Yeah, Helen Keller was blind and deaf. But also, like, the thing about her is that she... This might not be true, but I feel like she didn't actually accomplish anything outside of just, like, being a functioning person while being blind and deaf, which isn't itself an accomplishment. But it's not I, like she invented something. <laughs> I really fucking love that disclaimer, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I think, also, if I remember correctly, I think she, at the end of her life, got really into, like, Nazi eugenic stuff, which is crazy, because it's like, how do you have a hot take on anything, Helen Keller? Um, wow. I think I'm pretty oh, sure shit. about that. I'm pretty that. sure about that. You can look it up while I talk. But what she ends up stumbling upon is Mr. Magoo, who is, of course, a famous character from, like, the 50s, I think, uh, who was blind and an idiot. Um, <laughs> are those not his two uh, traits? Uh, wait, who? I just have blind and I'm, I'm searching. Mr. So Magoo. I, I oh. <laughs> is he an idiot? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't oh, think I ever watched I Mr. never watched it. This is what Wikipedia says. He He's a wealthy, short-statured retiree who gets into a series of comical situations as a result of his extreme nearsightedness, compounded by a stubborn refusal to admit the problem. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know if that would make him an idiot. Um, I mean, he's rich, so... Unless he was, like, generationally rich, I'm not that, sure. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, point being, Mr. Mario is not the type of person you want to be compared to. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then Stott shows up, and Stott wants Monk to come to the firehouse with him. Um, and he obviously doesn't want to go because he's like, my life's over. <clears throat> right, and we'll, we'll, uh, sorry, the, the other piece of advice I think that the, the lady, the right. advocate, is that he needs to get back to work, like, you know, to what made him him before, you know, just to try to, like, keep things as routine as it can possibly be. Exactly. Um so, one second, I'm still trying to see this stuff about her being racist. Uh, yeah, I saw that she wrote letters to, like, Nazi kids, but I don't see anything I don't about know. I, You know what, this is the problem of being me, where I just scoop up all the not, like, I just have so much shit that I 
I think the thing is, I think a lot of people just remember random shit too, but they're responsible enough where if they're not 100% sure if they remember correctly, they don't say it. But it's like, Helen Keller, racist, who, she died 100 years ago, who cares? Um, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> God. That's not good. Uh, anyway. <sighs> I'm just, I'm not saying what I'm thinking. I don't actually believe that, but you know, just, that, my thought We're process. We're flying out not, the cuff here. My, my thought process isn't good, but it is the thought process. Um, yeah. So Monk gets to the scene and. Um, the thing I think is actually pretty unrealistic about this is I think Monk would remember the scene better than he does. Because he's... There, and a lot of times it's shown that he basically has a photographic memory, but all of a sudden he doesn't. Um, yeah, you know, normally I would agree with you, but, like, because everything happens so quickly, like, That's in true. succession, he, it might, he might have just, you know, yeah. it would have gone from his head. Yeah. And he's, like, really discouraged. Um, and he asks if anything was missing. Um, and the answer is no, apparently. But Disher recounts a statement, and there are a couple key details about the guy that uh, that Monk saw. Yeah, uh, one, his uh, apparently he had squeaky shoes, mm-hmm. uh, which just calls to mind that SpongeBob episode. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a heavy set guy, about six one, and he was wearing a leather jacket, and he had the distinct odor of uh, of rum on him. Yeah, on his person. Yeah. Um. So, the, just on, on smell alone, we might be looking for Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, mm-hmm. And then he points out, basically, that he got the acid thrown in his face, and it was the last thing he saw. The last thing I'll ever see. And then he gets stuck in some caution tape. Um, right. Which, but, while, he, while he's, like, wiggling around, he kind of uh, feels his way around, like, the stuff mm-hmm. that happens, right? Like, that's how he figures it out? It's actually afterwards. No? It's when Natalie's okay. leading him out. But I wasn't going to correct you, because it's okay, way afterwards. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Well, anyways, he uh, he comes across a coat rack, and he mentions that he remembers there being six of them at the time, and now there only appears to be five. So that might be the clue that they're they're looking for. Someone stole a coat. Damn. Yeah. Well, it's not a, specifically a coat, but it's like we a fireman find jacket. Out later. Yes. Yeah, a fireman jacket. Yeah. Um. And so that's what this all is about, apparently. Uh, and then, of course, Randy offers to give him a high five, which is not something Monk would have done before the, yeah yeah I, I you know it's let's get monkey i guess I, I, I actually don't understand how that makes sense here um uh that's just like a monk thing that happens oh, like you know yeah, it's true. A, like a faux pas and then so monk now has he has a walking stick like one of those blind canes um and uh he's you know Disher, he goes to the station with Natalie, and Disher's like, "How? Oh, you went to the doctor. How was the prognosis?" And Natalie's like shaking her head, uh, and like it was. They're very optimistic, and he's like, "You mean pessimistic? No, optimistic." Yeah. But you're shaking your head. <laughs> yeah, just completely giving it up. It's really, I don't know how he made lieutenant. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, Stock comes around the corner and sees Monk with the walking stick, and and comments that he looks a bit dapper with uh mm. with the stick he does it not you know i mean once he gets I the glasses he looks, i think he's yes a fit. yes absolutely i was gonna say that yeah and but apparently they picked up a guy wearing the fire coat a drifter now i have a question what do you think like how many times do you need to move as a homeless person from one place to another to be considered a drifter like if you go from like one place uh, to another, like three I, that's what i said i think it was three yeah, I think that's Have you ever met a drifter part. before? Like, act spoken with a drifter before? I mean, I wouldn't have known if they that's were a drifter. Like, I remember I was at a bar with my brothers and their friends in Brooklyn a couple years ago. And 
we were talking to this guy who, because my brothers all went to university, my brothers and their friends went to University of Florida, and he mentioned that he lived in Gainesville for a while, and it became clearly when he was describing like his life. Like, I don't know if he necessarily didn't have a home all the times, but it's like, oh, this is, like, a full-on drifter. Like, this guy, he had, he had like, a dog with him, and it's like, oh, we're just talking to a drifter. <laughs> and it's, it's a weird experience when you're like, this guy's life is so much different than mine is. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever met a drifter. Shouts to drifters. Um, um, yes. And they asked Monk if he can identify him. Uh, and, of course, Monk says Not only that, but where did they find him? Or oh, what? right, right. They found him. Uh, well, they found him on the beach. He, he found the dumpster. He found the coat in a dumpster. Yeah, but like on Vinton Street or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yet again. It's God. A street. It is, yeah. Um, and, you know, they're, uh, they they talk to him. He's a, he seems like an Australian guy, which is a bit weird. He's, uh, he's British. No, but they but they keep mentioning that they want him, they have an eyewitness, they yeah. want him to identify him, and like Monk keeps saying, like, yeah, I'm not, huh, very funny, like, I, I can't, I'm, I'm not an eyewitness. Yes, but so, the monk has to do the unthinkable. Yeah, you know, apparently Stoudemire wants him to identify him by uh, feeling his face. Yeah. And Monk mentions that he's he's a, he's gone his whole life avoiding touching any drifter's face, so this is a very painful time for him. And that is something to be proud of. He says he's proud of it, and you should be proud of it. But he does feel his face, and he feels something that he's not, he, he, he's not happy about. He feels a wart. Which is that's uh, the biggest wart I've ever seen. I thought it was just a mole. Uh, I think I've seen a bigger wart, but it definitely is unpleasant. And was uh, it on Johnny Sachs's wife's ass? No. Uh, <laughs> have you have you seen The Sopranos? No, I haven't. I haven't. Watched okay. Sopranos, this guy on. The I, Sopranos. I honestly I would have guessed based when you said Johnny Sachs. I'm like that sounds like a Sopranos. This guy, yeah, Johnny Sachs. His wife is like a, a bigger woman, and uh, what's his name? No. What's his name? Ralph Cifaretto, who's played by Joe Pantoliano. Mm-hmm. He makes a joke about uh, that lady's ass, and that causes basically this whole mafia like showdown thing between the two of them. So, mm. watch The Sopranos. Good Great stuff. show. Um, and so, it turns he, the guy didn't have a ward, obviously. So Monk's like, it's not the guy. Um, and there's a great um, there's a great bit where uh, this is probably my favorite part. Not my favorite part. One of the best parts of the episode, in my opinion. Where um, he's basically like that. He's he compares his plight to this drifter, right? And they start basically having like a like a miserable uh, comparison, uh, you know, competition going on. And they mention like the guy mentions that his, I guess Monk says his wife's dead, and he says his wife is dead too. But his wife died of uh, in, a, in a car in a car bomb, yeah. and and then, then the drifters of pneumonia and. Yeah, that, and then that she said, and then he says, "Yeah, yeah, but she didn't die in pain. It's like she lived for twenty minutes in pain alone. I'm the most miserable man on earth. Anyone want to test me? Like basically, like he challenges everyone. Um, it's honestly, his, it's his uh, Maximus uh, Are You Not Entertained moment. Yeah, kind of. Um, although it did make me very like sad for Trudy because I didn't realize that she was awake. No, she was right. Did we find that out previously? Yeah, did we she did. Live for a good yeah, she, yeah ta- okay. she talked to the paramedic. Right. Okay. Damn, that's horrible. Yeah, definitely uh, not something that's pleasant to think about. Um, yeah. Um, so. And just thrown, just thrown out very nonchalantly. I mean, yeah. Anyway, Monk is in bed, and Doctor Kroger calls. And he basically is talking to him over the phone, like, you can't give up, you gotta get up, and Monk doesn't. 
Right. He's leaving a voicemail, to be yeah. clear. Sorry, yes. Um, then we cut to Monk in the alley where the fire, the uh, drifter says he found the jacket. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently he found it at 5 p.m., which was only three hours after Monk got blinded. That's sure strange that he stole something just to get rid of it three hours later. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Clearly, there was just he needed something about it, and that was it. He didn't need the actual jacket, something that was in it. Mm. Oh no, wait, no, that's no, not that's it at all. It. But that's I do appreciate you positing another theory. I'm like, I pretty, did you watch the? That's episode? what I thought at the time. That's what yeah. I thought at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Natalie Basie's like, oh, the rats over there, and they're all disgusted, and she's pointing out that, you know, it's a gross is place. It, and there's like, a dead cat. Yeah, cockroaches. And like, I probably hate this place. But it doesn't bother me. And so now he has a new epiphany. What's his new epiphany? Um, yeah, I guess he's he's no longer germophobic if he can't see, like, the actual... Well, more than anything, he's just like, he thinks now that being blind is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Right, yeah, he does think that, which I'm like, God, please don't tell me this is, like, going to be a major thing going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but it's, I think it's... it's the, the way they play it, it's pretty, very clear he's in denial. Like, it's, you know... It's uh, that's true. It's not like they play it like it's actually like a superpower. Um, you know, he's not Daredevil. Um, uh, what? I've, you gave a no, 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 no. I mean, it, no, it no, is no, no, superpower. No. I mean, actually, it's not a superpower. I suppose yes and no. It's hard. To if say. it enhances all your other uh, yeah, senses. it's it's hard to say though whether or not. I think it depends on the canon. Um, if it's a superpower or not. Like if it if it makes him a better at stuff. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, what. Monk realized is that they, that they Styron mentions offhandedly that the house a house burned down block away, and Monk's like, "Oh, that's where they were going for the fire. That's clearly involved." Um, which I'm surprised right. they didn't make that connection earlier, honestly. Yeah, I mean, oh, cool, because we didn't hear. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, we kind of hear about it offhand that they're gonna go investigate mm-hmm. a fire, but we don't really mm-hmm. go into it until now. Yeah, and apparently the story is that a woman fell asleep smoking a cigarette, and. Uh, while she was watching TV, and uh, they go to visit, and Monk is like, he's like, it's uh, every all these germs are out of sight, out of mind. He doesn't mind touching anything. Yeah, you know, my first thought when I heard about this girl falling asleep smoking a cigarette was, uh, was she hanging out with our our friend Juror number twelve from or Juror number six from uh, mm. Mr. Monk gets jury duty? Yeah, could be. I mean, he could have taught her a thing or two about falling asleep with a cigarette. You know, yeah, he seemed like a pro at it. Yeah. And um, monks, of course, they find the bottle of rum. Uh, interesting. And we learned mm-hmm. this woman was a temp, and her last job was at Peter Breen Construction. Yeah, put some respect, man. Her name is Stephanie Preston. Sorry. I wrote down Peter Breen Construction and not Stephanie Preston. I mean, it's the same thing with victims where, you know, all we do is talk about, like, whenever we talk about serial killers, we know their names. You don't know their victims' names, you know? That's true. But I, that's, um, I just want to say, I'm not going to go into it. That's one of my least favorite, like, woke takes in the world when people say that. Like, we don't, why don't we ever talk about Ted Bundy's victims? It's like, because honestly, it's easy to get murdered. It's like, it's weird. <laughs> like, a whole, there's that's like, true. there's thousands and thousands of people who get murdered. There's only like 40 people who murdered, like 30 people. Anyway, um, uh, so. They're but like they start lives, going. They, yeah. yeah, they start going over some of the facts, like they that she lives alone, and that I mean, it didn't appear like anybody was with her or whatever. Wait, but does she but, live alone? Huh, strange. Uh, well, that's the thing. Uh, Monk noticed a couple of things that uh, I guess there were two toothbrushes. There was um, and men's bo- and men's deodorant. Men's deodorant, and then like two different kinds of toothpaste. So, yeah. which is clearly, weird. I'll be honest with you. That's fucked up. Like, I, that's just disrespectful. Like that. 
to- toothpaste is toothpaste, in my opinion, unless you use, like, Sensodyne, so, like... Well, that's, that's what I was gonna say. One of them yeah, could maybe. have sensitive teeth. That's true. Yeah. Um, and, uh, anyway. And then in the coffee table, though, there is something etched in glass, the outline of a horse. Now, did you recognize what that was to start or no? No, not at all. Okay. I didn't... I just was wondering if it was maybe because I was 10 when I saw this episode. I'll let it be. No, it's mostly because I've never known anyone with a Ferrari. Mm. Um, I've seen Ford versus Ferrari, but that movie has absolutely, actually very little time spent with Ferrari, so it wouldn't help. Um, Damn. Okay. Have you not seen Ford versus Ferrari? Uh, no, I haven't. I think that's, like really, one of the like only best, that's one of the only Best Picture nominees of the last few years that I haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, you'd like it a lot. It's, it's really? a great... Oh, my, yeah. it's Because it's a great, like, people... I know you're the same way with me. Like, do you like movies where it's like people who are determined, who are really good at their job and just succeed at doing something very well type of movies? But it's also like a romance movie because Matt Damon you know why? and Christopher you know, Bell play such different characters. What? You know why I didn't see it? It's because it was uh, it was when I was still like, because it's by James Mangold, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh, man, I don't really give a shit about a comic book movie director trying something serious. And then I watched Logan, and that was pretty good. A comic book movie? Do you know what movies James Mangold directed before Logan? Uh, you know, like yeah, Girl Interrupted Lo- and like Walk the Line and a bunch of other very serious movies. Oh, I've never seen any of those movies. Sure. And I have no interest in watching anything about Johnny Cash either. No, I'll say this. I've never seen those movies, and I feel the same way. But my point being is, James Mangold's not a comic book movie director. He's a he's a, actually a, a I only know him as that. Anyway, also Logan's like one of the best comic movies I've ever made, if not the best. So like, I, it's whatever, it's fine. Anyway, for over Friday's very good. So uh, it's a horse shape. And anyway, uh, and so Monk basically determines what happened. That you know, you, actually, you you tell me. I don't know why I'm taking your job. Yeah. yeah okay. Basically, what, what? Oh yeah. No. Also, there was the remote control placement was off. Like if she died when she. Uh, like watching TV, but it didn't make sense with like where she was laying on the couch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, Monk deduce, er, speculates that the person killed her and then set up the fire mm-hmm. and forgot something back at the house. Mm-hmm. So he needed a way to get back into the house whilst this was all happening. So that's why he needed to... He, he obviously knew there was a fire station nearby, went over there, he needed the fireman's coat, and he snuck in there along with the rest of them. Exactly. And, and so Monk is like, I'm back. And, of course, he says that to a door jam. Um, yeah. Classic comedy. Uh, yes. And then we got Dr. Chucky Krogs, our favorite. Um, yeah. And he is not happy about Monk's happiness. Yeah, you know, he rightly – to be honest with you, right before this, I didn't even see it as, like, Monk being in denial. I thought he was legitimately, like, kind of just freed of, of those kinds of things. Because, mm-hmm. like, the germ thing is the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Like. The one that we see the most. So I thought he was genuinely, like, relieved. But clearly, our good friend Chucky Kroger, um, he knows more than we do. Mm. And he suspects that he's just in denial. And not only that, but, like, the five steps of grief, he might have leapfrogged three of them. He did, yes. Um, Actually, let me see. Did he? Let me think. Because the first one is denial. Then second one is anger. Third is bargaining. Fourth is depression. I think first is acceptance. So I don't think he actually did. I think that... That whoever wrote that joke didn't know the five stages of grief. I'm pretty sure that that's what they are, um, in that yeah. order. Um, but have you ever found yourself going through that? Because I definitely have, like, in very no, small never. ways, in very like never. small situations, like in things that are not important. Like I found myself like going through, especially I know I notice it at bargaining because it's like, wait, I'm definitely bargaining right here. Anyway, um, wait, did you go through the five stages when you fucked up your neighbor's water main? Did I? No, no, I didn't. Um, 
straight to denial. <laughs> no, I wish I went straight to denial. It was, a, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I did definitely stay in my bedroom until like two in the afternoon because it was a weekend the next day because I'm like, I don't want to face anyone. Uh, and then I had to finally go pee. And so anyway, um, so, uh, Kroger points out that he's using his condition as a cue to cut himself off from the world even more and the pendulum will, uh, swing back. And, um, then Kroger's like, you know, why don't we just get earplugs and nose plugs and, you know, cut you off even more or pull you into a coma. Uh, yeah. Mr. Monk and the sleeping suspect that is him. Wow. Mr. Monk and the sleeping detective. Yes. So they go to a construction site. They go to Peter That would be Green, a great show. The sleeping detective? Yeah, it would just be like the cell where people are just like hacking into his brain to see what nightmares he's like solving crimes with. I mean... Definitely. Have you uh, seen the cell? I have not seen the cell, but I know the plot of it. Okay. Isn't the plot of it? Isn't the bad guy the one that they go into the brain of? Correct, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they're at the construction site, and they're talking to Peter Breen, um, who uh, basically like, ah, she was a temp. She was here for eight weeks. Yeah, I really didn't know her. Which the moment someone says they didn't really know someone, they knew him. You know. Right, exactly. Like, and he's like, just he gives off the general douchebag vibe. So you, uh, you want him to be the guy that's responsible? Because he this, says, but, like, if I remember, saw... like he, he has the line of, um, uh, what is it? Time is money, and I don't have enough of either. Which is like, fuck yeah, it. yeah, bullshit. But, uh, but I mean, if we didn't see who actually like murdered Rusty and blinded Monk in the beginning, yeah. like we would have sworn that it was this guy. Yeah, um, and. Uh... Monk basically is um, talking about how he now has a sixth sense that he can sense everything around him. Um, and uh, of course, right afterwards, he loses Natalie and is talking to a like a pipe. Um, they do that a lot yeah. in this episode. Whenever Monk is happy about his ability, he, he immediately do, uh, he has a blind person moment. Um, and yeah. uh, they ask if he's ever been to her house, and he's like, No, I haven't been to her house. And he says, is that your Ferrari? Which the moment you know he drives a Ferrari, I, you're a little bit confused because you're like, wait, but we saw the guy who did it, and he, but like everything's pointing to this guy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but they also like mentioned like, oh, was like when he says, why why would I like have been to her place? And they mentioned that she was an attractive girl. And he's like, yeah, so is my wife. Yeah, thanks for flaunting that you have two Ferraris and a wife. I mean, Dick. yeah. Uh, in f- it, however, though, I'll say this. Someone who has two Ferraris... And talks like he does. I don't think he's uh, working with uh, uh, anything special downstairs. You know what I mean? I'm saying he's yes, a small Yes, penis. yes, yes, yes. Um, and then Eddie, Bang! the murderer. Bang! What, what is that? Is it because his name is Peter uh, Breen? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mike Breen is really referencing, guys. Uh, yeah. And uh, Eddie, the murderer, comes up and he st- he's like, I still have your keys. And you're like, ah, oh, that's, I see this is all coming together. Is someday we're together somehow. Um, yes. But Monk notices and, something about Eddie. Yes. Yeah, he uh, notices that he's, he hears a familiar sound. The sound of squeaky shoes. I don't know if I've ever had squeaky shoes before. Um, thank God, because I already, you know, am annoying enough as a person. Um, the last thing I use. Yeah, I don't think I have shoes. either. Um, if you've had squeaky maybe, shoes, please write into the show. Maybe some Sperry topsiders if you put them on with, like, your, your feet wet a little bit. I mean, in my entire life, because I'm me at all times, I've really only ever owned sneakers and dress shoes. I've never really owned anything in between because I, I suck. Um, Not even in Florida? You don't have boat shoes? No, never had boat shoes. I think because 
I am, even though I'm a very Floridian person outside of Florida, I'm incredibly not Floridian in Florida, and the culture of the type of person who would, until I left Florida, I really resented the culture of someone who would own boat shoes. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like, I would, in high school, especially because I had a very big, I went to a very big high school in terms of size, it was like the size of a small comp- college campus, and so there was like a f- three-minute walk between a lot of my classes, like, through different buildings and stuff, I never would have worn, like, anything but sneakers at high school. So, like, if I wasn't wearing it on the weekdays, uh, I wasn't probably going to wear it on the weekends either. So, never would have bothered. Shout out to Mr. Spires. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Spires, uh, who has, if you listen to the last episode, you know. Once again, this, it's, it's, this is a matter of public record. We're not blowing up a spot. Um, his spot is already blown up. Um, anyway. Uh, did you see, by the way, where, where someone, one of my friends from high school responded that he was his favorite math teacher? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I did see that. I laughed. The thing is, I remember, like, he was very well liked. Um, I'm sure he was. Yeah. Uh, and so Monk follows Eddie, thinking that everyone's following him. And this is the part where kind of annoying me is that it, they basically Natalie and Stalmeyer and Disher get, like, we're walking without Monk for a good, like, 60 seconds. There's no way Natalie would not have noticed that Monk wasn't there anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, that I, yeah, it's just one of those things uh, that always happens. Yeah, I know. And um, so he's following him, and uh, he ends up basically following him into a room. But because he's blind, he doesn't realize that Eddie is realizing he's following him and stops and just lets him, you know, walk around. And then uh, and he, he feels his face. Yeah, he. Uh, I right. When this was happening, I literally wrote the note. Um, Eddie confronts him, and he nails the right guy by feeling his face. Not even I hadn't even seen that he picked up a nail gun at this mm. point. And Monk's make smart move, steals his like pass, his key card or whatever, his mm-hmm. ID mm-hmm. tag, so then he can identify him later. But anyway, he's like, he's, I didn't even realize that. He's like, it's the guy. He says to no one, uh, uh-huh. and then you know Eddie picks up a staple gun. And Monk staple gun. It's a nail gun. Nail bro. gun. Sorry, sorry. Nail gun. Sorry. I wrote down. Monk's about to get stapled. Be right. It's a nail gun. Um, and uh, but Monk, he's he realizes no one's there, and he he hits him with his uh, stick. Yeah, he hits him. He hits him with his cane, and you know he kind of like fucks him up a little bit. Like, yeah, he he, he, he gives him the work, honestly. Yeah, he's got the upper hand on him, and uh, yeah, it's you know he kind of like gets away uh, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, he gets away completely, and he takes yeah. off like down the hallway, and somehow manages to lose this guy. Who I, I mean, I know Monk fucked him up, but it didn't seem like it was that bad. No, but the guy's a galoot, clearly. Um, yeah, it's true. Like he's just he's a big shoes. idiot. Um, squeaky shoes are weighing him down. Mm-hmm. And so that guy uh, basically runs up to the top of the building, thinking Monk went up there. Um, and then Monk is trying to, you know, find a place to go, and he accidentally ends up. And I, I think that this scene's very funny. I think it could be annoying, but I think it's very funny where he ends up in an elevator that's out of order, but he thinks it's working. And so when he gets out of it, he thinks that he's on top of the building, which I think is a funny bit. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, yeah, I was so confused. So he never actually left where he was. No, the elevator was broken. Did you not notice that? Okay. You know, I saw that it was an out-of-order elevator. I just thought for whatever reason it, like, it was broken in some other way. No, um, it, what happened was it, it only went up like two feet in the air, but it kept making the noises like it was still going up. Right. So Monk thought that he was on a beam on the top of the building. <laughs> yeah, he thought he was in that famous photo where all those dudes are eating lunch on Man. a steel beam. But that was just dumb. Like, I I understand that the depression era work standards weren't, but like, there, could, there had to be a better place for them to eat. There had to have been. <laughs> 
And I just want to know, like, seriously, I, I really would want to know how many people died while making, like, the Empire State Building. That's a, that's a number that I, I can find out. How many people died making Empire State Constructing State. it or whatever. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, da, 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 da. Five. That's surprisingly low. It is. Um, anyway, uh, so, um, yeah, Monk, is, he thinks he's on top of the building. He drops the stick. In the line I love, and this is classic Monk, I can't breathe up here. Which is like, the air is getting thin. You, even if he was at the top of the building, the building's only like six or seven stories tall. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I if you lost your sight, I'd be fucking freaking. Oh, I am barely holding on at all times. Anyway. Yeah, I, I'm very sympathetic with him. And then he grabs onto like a beam, and he thinks that he's like going to fall down. And then Natalie grabs him. He's like, Natalie, are you flying? <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 I did like that, too. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. Um, and he pulls out the badge, and he's like, it's this guy. And then, uh... Whoa! What happened? Uh, our, your good, your close personal friend, um... Eddie. Eddie Murdoch takes a, takes a dive and just completely... I'm just, I don't know how he didn't splat a little harder than that, but, uh... Because it's TV-14 is why. Um, oh, right. And not TVMA. Uh... Also, I just want to say I have very few regrets in life bigger than starting the your friend bit because you do it so much more than me. But I know I started it because that's a bit that I've done in other places. Like that's one of my favorite yes. bits to do is to and I, I I showed you the way of it and you're just like no I'm gonna make everyone Jake's friend because I keep forgetting to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, he's uh they and they're like oh he must have killed himself because he thought you were coming after him. Which we don't yeah. we know that the episode wouldn't end like that. I, I wasn't sure, like, for a second, because after that, we basically cut to, like, the eye doctor again. Yep. Right? And I thought this was the perfect whatever... What do you call it? Antag? Uh, yeah, Antag. Uh, yeah, that's what... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, but Monk's... Hey, Monk's got to get sight back, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's It looks like things are improving. Uh, the doctor is actually being optimistic this time, so that's great. Um, and it looks like he's going to recover. And how's and Monk he's kind of that? Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of bummed about it. He says that he he hates hope, which I guess you know, he, he I'm sure in some weird way he enjoyed being blind to be you know being blind to the bullshit essentially. And he um he says that you know he he's now three he's three fourths of a man that he was and he was already half a man so now he's and then Randy says uh, uh, five sixteenths uh, no three eighths. And I love it. Like, Thank you, Randy. Like he's sincerely like he's like he now he's glad that he knows how much of a man he is. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And uh, but at least you know uh, our our good friend Randy is gonna get a new car. Right. Oh, right. Because he said he told Peter Breen that he was thinking about getting a Ferrari, either that or a Ford, and he ended up getting the Ford because they denied his credit at the Ferrari place. But Natalie has to go, uh, which is how you know that something bad's gonna happen to Monk, because um, they gotta get Natalie out of there. And right. Uh, so, and Disher. Yeah. And so this is where Monk realizes when Randy's showing his car keys that, um, oh, this is about the keys were the thing on the table. And Eddie said that he still had Peter's keys. We got to go to the morgue and get those keys. Yeah. And I luckily for them, like, they, they put the stiff in the same uh, place where he was at. So that worked out. Mm-hmm. So him and Stott take a little field trip down to the morgue. Exactly, and there's, I'll tell you this, there are more stiffs around there than a porno theater. Let me tell you that much. Um, mm. And I believe Stalmeyer says that it's a bunch of bloated people not talking. 
which he compares to his a Thanksgiving at his ex-wife's family's house, which is a good joke. Yeah. Good joke. Sh- yeah. Good joke. Shots fired. Um, uh, the bloated part is really, like, that's the chef's kiss of it. Because, like, anyone can make a joke about Thanksgiving's being tense, but calling your uh, uh, relatives bloated, great stuff. Um, and so... Uh, or in-laws. In-laws, yeah. And uh, basically, they, they, they come up, they realize that, like, Eddie clearly was, like, doing something for his boss. Peter Breen was the one, you know, um, getting it on with his temp. Uh, and so in the, he had to go back to the keys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so they get the keys... And uh, let's just say one of those stiffs isn't so stiff after all. Yeah, um, I get. Before we get into that, mm-hmm. I just have a like. Why would Eddie do this? Should they said for money? money? Yeah, he said for money. Okay, we don't ever learn about how much. So I hope it was no, at least but like... we do know that Peter Breen has two Ferraris, so it's probably a lot of money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because if you have two Ferraris and you don't live in Miami, you have a lot of money. If you have two Ferraris and you do live in Miami, you could have literally zero dollars to your name. Who knows? Um, That's true. Uh, and um, so, you know, Peter comes out. He hits Stoddard over the head and, uh, you know, handcuffs him to the morgue bed. And now mm-hmm. Monk is going to have to have his, uh, his second fight as a blind person. Yeah. You know what? I... Th- he should have just like become like a blind championship boxer or something because mm-hmm. he somehow holds his own way more than he does with yeah. both eyes. Exactly. So f- he throws the keys over Peter's head, uh, and then he grabs Stoudemire's gun. And there's a classic thing where you know, like you do with any blind uh, creature, where uh, Peter's like starts hitting things on the opposite sides of the room trying to make Monk shoot them. Um, yes. But his sight slowly comes back. In a very yep. convenient twist of fate, which is which is why this episode's a, not an eight for me, because uh, I think right. that this is really dumb. Um, I understand that it's good narrative, but like, come on, like, come on, um, like just right here when he literally needs to shoot somebody, and then boom, 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 oh, not boom, boom, boom. He shoots him once, and our good friend Peter, your good friend Peter, your college, uh, I keep saying college, like my nine goes college, your uh, middle school pen pal Peter gets shot. Uh-huh. Yeah, he gets shot. I don't, we don't know if he lives or dies, but uh, we know that his his crime days are over. Now, I, the thing that annoyed me about this is that wh- how did Peter think he was going to get away with this? There are obviously security cameras all over the hospital. Like, the hospital's one of those places that has security cameras everywhere. That's true, unless he faked his death. What do you mean? Like, if he faked his death and then was brought into the morgue. like He did he, fake like, his death, though. No, if he did though, as I'm saying. Yeah, I guess. But he turned. didn't though. No, no, no. Also, no. it's I how how we. I think it's pretty hard to fake your death. Like it's easy to fake your death in absentia, but I think it's pretty hard to fake your death so that the paramedics and pronounce you dead and you get sent to the morgue. Well, I'm sure they could come up with some sort of serum that slows your heartbeat to be whatever the fuck. Who are you, Mark Strong in the first Sherlock Holmes movie? What are you talking about? There you go. Um, I don't know if that's the reference you're trying to get me to do, but. Uh, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's it's a well-worn Lord, reference. Romeo and Lord Juliet Black, is the Blackwell obvious. Blackwell or something? Yeah. Romeo and Juliet's the classic one, but, like, why go with Romeo and Juliet when you can go for a mid-tier action movie? Um, and, uh... <laughs> so, anyway. Um, those movies actually aren't bad. Uh, I like Jared Harris a lot in the second one. Anyway. Um, and so... Moriarty. Moriarty, exactly, yeah. I mean, I like Jared Harris in anything, though. Um, and Cap's all right, and Monk can see him, and they have a nice moment. And then we get an end yeah. tag, which is very, very sweet and small. And just, he's reading a book. 
looking at Trudy's pictures. You know. I like the ones that end with, like, no words. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's just piano music. Yeah, I like those because I think that while Monk has funny moments, I think at its heart it is a, like, a serious show. And I like when they decide to, like, end with the, with the sentimental moment. Because I'm a sentimental yes. guy, you know? Um, yeah. You know, I, they used to call so me Says a guy who says, moment. fuck Helen Keller, I guess. I didn't say that. I think I might have said something close. Who cares about her death? I this thing. I I I only am saying that I didn't literally say those words. I I'm not gonna say that like if you were to put me on trial and like for defaming Helen Keller, I would lose. But I definitely didn't say those words exactly. Um, yes, fine. And uh, yeah, so Helen Keller was fine. I don't know, man. Remember when Helen Keller jokes were like the big thing? Remember that? That was a big. <sighs> That must have just been a sick Florida thing. Oh, really? I, don't you, know, I think honestly, I think you were too old because it was when I was in, like. No, honestly, school. honestly, the only joke, and I, this, we don't have to keep this in, but it, the only joke that we ever did regarding blind people was, "Have you seen Stevie Wonder's piano? Neither has new oh, piano. Oh, that's an easy Neither one. I'm gonna keep that one in because that's an easy one. That's okay, um, fine. That's yeah, literally I mean, the only blind jokes we ever had. Um, so Helen Keller jokes aside, because that's not what this podcast is about. Apparently, although it was for a while, this episode. What would you give this episode yes. out of ten? I gave it a seven and a half. I gave it a seven and a half as well. Uh, I generally like it a lot. I mean, I like a lot of it a lot, but some of it I don't. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's definitely uh, an episode which I think is uneven as opposed to one that's like just generally blasé. It's. I think this is a hard task. I don't know how they could have done this episode much better because it's such a. The mechanics of the show are so different when he's blind, and like so many things mm-hmm. the show does well, they just can't do it all. You know. Yeah, and, and I, I meant to, to discuss this earlier. Like, that, I mean, they kind of, like, just go over, like, some of the clues that Monk finds. Because mm-hmm. it would have been super interesting to have seen, like, more clues that were discoverable, like, easily discoverable by, like, a blind person. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, if they I played into that, that yeah. would have been better. I agree. Um, but, you know, we didn't, we can't go back in time and rewrite the episode. But what we can do is tell you can follow the show at Strictly Monk and on Twitter. Uh, Andre Moon will follow you. You can follow me at, at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at Jake Christie. Please rate and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your friends, family, coworkers, um, Pilates instructors, uh, Krav Maga instructors. I don't know if people are still doing Krav Maga. Remember when that was like a thing for like three years in the late 2000s where it was like everyone was doing Krav is Maga? It, is Krav Maga like Israeli? Like Israeli street fighting, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, and I, I actually don't know if anyone was actually doing Krav Maga. I think it was just the thing people said in TV. Where it was like a woman like beat up a guy and it's like, oh, you know, she does Krav Maga. Um, anyway. I knew a person that did it a lot and they could beat the shit out of anybody. So I, you know. Yeah, I take that back. I don't want to insult Krav Maga because I might, that they would beat the shit out of me. Um, yes. Although I will just let everyone know, if you want to beat the shit out of me, you don't need to be an accomplished fighter. It's very easy. Um... So anyway, <laughs> uh, more important than all that, please tune in next week as we talk about Mr. Monk, Private Eye. Uh, Mr. Monk, Private Eye. This is to the beat of Private Eyes. Uh, let's get monkey. Monkey.